There's two instructions I need you to follow. When I say red light, I need you to stop. When I say green light, I need you to go. Red light. Green light. All right, pressing record. Yeah. Right, ready to go. And uh, here we go. EKP, uh, myself, Ed Cavalier, AJ. Hello, mate. Hello. Yeah, here we are today. Uh, Fixed and formats. I've uh, got uh, Ash Williams coming up. He's. Um, it is Monday that we're recording this, and that is his worst day because he has huge weekends. And I don't know how a job seeker must be really starting to kick in Bondi style, but we'll catch up with him in a moment. Today, we're going to fix Big Brother. We're going to fix Home and Away. We're also going to fix True Crime Podcasts. And to help me do that, to kick us off, he's just run full length of the house. Tony Martin, good morning, mate. How are you? That's right exercise for the day i'm good by the way those shows you've mentioned i don't watch any of them good that's why they need to be fixed see you talk about reality shows quite a lot you know the only reality show i ever watched all the way through can i guess guess okay was it either the original temptation island which is still the best or was it when glenn robbins of all people was circulating the dvd of rock of love which was the lead singer of poison hosting skanks at his house. Correct. Thought Although so. I got it from my uh, girlfriend's hairdresser. There you go. <laughs> gave <laughs> us all the DVDs of Rock of Love. And that was just a fantastic Wasn't show. Wasn't it great? Wasn't it great? How many... Because you know what... Okay, so Tone, what do you believe was the key to the success of... What was his name? Not Sean Michaels. Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. What was from his, Poison. From Poison. What was the key to the success of that show? Because it was essentially The Bachelor... But he was the bachelor. That's right. It was all based around his personality and there was ladies trying to date him. And then I think uh, there were two series of Rock of Love. And then there was one called Bus of Love where they were just all going around the country trapped on his tour bus. (laughs) But I think one of the keys to it was that in any circumstance, he could find an excuse to sing Every Rose Has Its Thorn. (laughs) Like he'd be on a date with a woman in a restaurant and he'd just reach behind his chair and pick up an acoustic guitar and start to every rose. Yeah, I, I saw him do it once where the, uh, a waiter said sourdough or multigrain. He said, well, that's a great question. <laughs> I own the copyright. Let's have it again. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. And I remember they, they, they knew what they had. The problem that The Bachelor has a lot of the time is that they're trying to make us believe that this person is not what they say they are. So most recently, it was an astrophysicist who couldn't be bothered being famous. Now, no one believes that. Everyone knows that he's just trying to get on the telly, and the astrophysicist thing was just an excuse to not call him a former stripper and put some some glasses on him, right? (laughs) But... With with Brett Michaels, they were they were true to what he was. He was a sleazy rock guy, and yeah. so they picked girls that might like sleazy rock guys. Yeah, and he also had some kind of food allergy. And I remember one series ended with a very quiet date in a sort of you know mm. beautifully lit rose garden where this woman pledged to uh, inject him. With the emergency (laughs) serum, if so required. And that was like the final decider. Do you accept this inoculation? Yes, I do. That is so wonderful. I'm so glad. See, but that was one of the high watermarks. I I really do believe that we are, this is part of the reason we're doing format fixes, is Mm. because we're sort of coming full, we we are officially come full circle on reality television because Big Brother is now back. So Big Brother gets us started and really... 
if I had a time machine, one of the things I might do is go back and remove John DeMole, the Dutch master of all these things, from the world because you got to say, I believe, Tone, that the start of Big Brother is sort of the start of the end of a lot of other parts of TV. Well, the only Big Brother I saw a lot of is when we were doing yeah, this, that's right. 12 or 13 yeah. years ago, and that was the one that had Galen yeah. <laughs> and oh, I can't remember who the other. No, the were. poet. Remember the poet we used oh, to yeah. – what was his name, the poet with the you large – got to have this and that. Yeah, oh. you got to have this and not that. That's right. We would take uh, sort of beat poet noises and put them yes. under him, finger-clicking. Yes. and. But yes. what was – the difference between that format and what they're doing now is it is it just that all the contestants are very self-aware exactly. and have already got all their product placements in line exactly everybody already knows what they're going to do on tiktok when they get out and so once that happened and it became a winking experiment and not just people that you wouldn't normally see on tv on tv it's out i'm out that's it and then that's and then that because that kept going and going and going We've reached a point now where it's hard to start a drama or a or a comedy or something else because we've kind of seen every type of person, you know, in a real person, but they're not a real person. They're doing a sort of shit character. So we've been subjected to 13 years of shit comedy characters on TV and it's making it harder to do actual comedy characters. Exactly. We just throw Con the Fruiter in there. But, uh, <laughs> but the only sort of big brother news I've heard recently was uh, in Germany, they apparently decided not to tell the people in there about COVID-19. Now, that's, now you're getting somewhere. So you go, well, hang on, that's, that's interesting, but that's not going to have any payoff till they finally let them out. You go, why not go the other way? Why not just tell them a whole lot of bullshit? Why not oh, just that's... tell them there's a nuclear holocaust <laughs> going on? <laughs> just, there's your drama. Start You're... telling them there's zombies wandering the earth and that the Big Brother house is the only safe haven. Well, that, Tony, you've you've stumbled on our first format fix because Big Brother is exactly, you, you and I are in sync here because my that's exactly what I think. They're too really? comfortable. I was caught two minutes of it, and it was just uninteresting people planning their TikToks while they sat around a pool being uninteresting. And the thing is, Tony, it's not live. They've pre-recorded it. Some poor buggers had to sit there and go, this is the best that we've got. And yes. there's no jeopardy. They're too comfortable. I, there's no fear in their eyes. There's no worry. So, look, I love the zombie apocalypse thing. My idea is this. Tell me what you think of this a format fix for Big Brother. Yep. They go into the house. Right. They get no contact for three months from anyone. Big brother, big brother, big brother never answers. And for the first for the first two weeks, they can push a button, say what they want, and they receive it. Anything. And when I'm talking right. anything. Food. So like this sort of uh, machine you can get for the cat where he exactly. puts his paw down and, and crunchies exactly. come down a shoot. <laughs> exactly. The crunchy shoot for big brother contestants. And that just keeps going. And then one day they push the button and it stops. And now they can't get anything and this now it's becoming like alien well the, yes yes hopefully with similar results and then you don't then they have no contact with anyone for three months i need them to think that the show has essentially stopped they need to start thinking wait a second and then we just have the sound of faint explosions going on from outside the house so they think a war has started this is great obviously all the doors would have to be heavily fortified oh 100 yeah, percent. oh they've been welded in and then, then we switch the cameras on. 
once they start to actually lose their minds, that's when we go live. Right. And when do you start slowly filling the Big Brother house with water? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just like an inch of water. <laughs> that's incredible. Just an Wait. inch for a while, and then a couple of days later, they wake up and it's at two inches. Oh, my Lord. This is great. And then... And then all of a sudden, one of them, they find a snorkel in one of their lockers. Wait a second, that we've planted. Yeah, that is, a, that is an excellent idea. I don't ever want to see another reality contestant so self-assured and so excited at the prospect of doing regional radio when they get out. Instead I- of an intruder... Just one morning, a dead body, Laura Palmer style, wrapped in plastic, appears there. That's fantastic. It's like a cadaver. Right. And then, and then we're away. And that way, the show could go for a year. That way, it's, a, it's, it's really, you know. It's compelling viewing. That's, and it, it sure is. Tony. It's appointment viewing. It's a, it's, and it has, it's going to have to be done in international waters because I'm assuming this is, uh, <laughs> You know, but because that way, a lot of laws are being broken. Well, but you know, we need free to air. We need free to air to be as good as it can be. Uh, so that's fixed. Good news, Tone. I know that um, we get a lot of flack here uh, at EKP that we don't do enough true crime, and I want to play this to you because you and I have a similar, I think, attitude to true crime podcast. There's some good, some good piss takes about them in Sizzletown. In that, essentially, you just you know, putting scary music behind Wikipedia entries. Yes, yes, exactly. That's really, the. if we really boil it down, that's kind of what we're doing here. So this is, so I've been hunting around to see the most gratuitous and ridiculous true crime promotional podcast that I can find and have a listen to this for the Dating Game Killer. You've heard the stories of Ted Bundy and Charles Manson, but what about Rodney Alcala, the Dating Game Killer? He may have been even more deadly. How was it that a cold-blooded serial killer made it onto a TV show that millions of people watched and no one could see what he really was? This is the story of the most famous serial killer that you've never heard of. Subscribe today to The Dating Game Killer and other great shows from Wondery on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Okay. Wow, subscribe. <laughs> They've just crunched straight in with How the... How good's that? How good's that? Subscribe. With the merch. With the, with the mur- murder and merch. That'll I be the say, name. I was, I was worried at the beginning where you said, Rod, I'm going, it's not Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, Tone. How gratuitous is it? The, the bit that I love most is, how is it that a cold-blooded murderer got on the TV dating game show, The Dating Game? And you're like... Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he didn't put cold-blooded killer on his form. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, I'm imagining it's probably quite easy. I'm imagining yeah, there's quite a few cold-blooded killers <laughs> if we go back through the files. Yeah, exactly. I, I, saw, I remember seeing Ivan Milad on Perfect Match. And How he did, is it that a cold-blooded killer hasn't been the subject of a podcast yet? <laughs> God's sake. Hey, if you're a cold-blooded killer and you haven't had a cult podcast done about you, how how left out will you be feeling right now, Tony? <laughs> the Zodiac killer sitting at home. Come on, guys. Come on, like you did not do anything. So, uh, and so I'm happy now. Oh, Tony, I'm so glad you're here for this because I'm hoping yes. you'll be a guest uh, on Ep 26, which because it's already been commissioned. We can now Jay and I can now um, debut the preview for the first ever Ed Cavalier True Crime Podcast. Ooh. From Podflex, it's the story of a murderer so murderous that he killed so many people. 
You will fucking shit yourself when you hear just how fucking brutal these murders were. Download, holy fucking shit, they've been murdered from <laughs> iTunes now. What do you reckon, man? <laughs> I'm subscribing right now. When I was, uh, I remember hearing an interview with the bloke that put together Teacher's Pet where they did the, I understand Hollywood's interested and, oh, right. and who would play you. And then, of course, he does the, if you're American, you've got to say, I think Brad Pitt. It's or, right. Yeah. And if you're Australian, you say, you know, uh, I imagine it'll be Toadie from Neighbours. No, you've got to say <laughs> that it's going to be Hugh Jackman. That's the sort of, of standard course. issue. Yeah. So he did that. He did though Maybe Hugh Jackman could play me, blah, blah, blah. And as you know, Tom, when you do, you know, in most, most commercial radio as we've done, you spend a lot of time in defamation training. And <laughs> yes. I remember listening to the to the Teacher's Pet podcast and thinking to myself, I reckon this could be a bit troublesome. <laughs> I reckon if this was played in court, it could be mildly troublesome. Sure enough, court case starts. First thing that defense lawyers do, push play. Oh, wheel in the CD player and give us a, give us a taste, please. Yeah, I'd like to think that this episode will eventually be played in court. Oh yeah, once we'll have to fast forward through all the Big Brother stuff. No, 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 that's the bit that'll be being played when we're suing Big Brother for stealing our ideas. Tone. That's the whole point of format fixes. You know that yeah. we we caught Ash Williams and I caught the Bachelor stealing our ideas. So now right. we have to get them on the public record so we can sue for Mill. Tone, we're yes. going to get mad Bitcoin out of this. Okay, because I do. I've lost track, but every now and then on Twitter, someone will contact me and say that an idea we said on Get This has come true. Don't tell me that. Get This was, what's that blind Romanian lady and Nostradamus all rolled into one. Our insane musings have have accidentally, you know, there was like the, it was like a like the Constitution. We're ahead of our time. There was about five of them. The only one I can remember is Round Trip, which is where, which was the biggest <laughs> loser, but someone starts, yeah, yeah. they start thin and then become yeah. fat and yeah. then, then become thin again, or is it the other way no, around? No, no, that I was it. Remember. Thin, fat, thin, right? <laughs> we called it Round Trip. Then a bloke did it and then had the temerity to, through a friend of mine who's a journalist, ask me if I would go on and be interviewed for the doco, and then, or so-called doco, and then go and do interviews with him on the radio, to which I said, why would I do that? I already did this idea. You stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I already did this in 2007. <laughs> why would I do that? Um, let's. We're going to be joined by a second guest in just a mo. As I've said, Ash Williams has probably had a huge weekend with this beautiful girl that he refuses he won't give me any details of this beautiful girl tone. Oh, this is the one he referred to on Team Effort, also available yeah, through yeah, Bad Producer. Right. Absolutely. And we didn't get... You were very kind of... Uh, I would have thought you would have gone in a bit harder. I've been warned. To... I've been warned. Oh, that, I've been okay. warned. Yeah, I had been pre-warned, mate. Right. Oh, come on. But seriously, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the beautiful girl, okay? And I was like, no problem. So like, you haven't met her because of COVID nineteen, I'm assuming. I well, he shouldn't have met her because of COVID, but that doesn't stop him. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't met her. I don't know her name. He hasn't sent me her Instagram handle. This is this is how I know it's serious. It's a complete media blackout about the beautiful girl, and that's she's, unprecedented. It, this is the first time this has happened since uh, he was secretly dating a girl who was a sort of a television presenter, and he didn't want anyone to know about it. But that was some that was some years ago. Yeah, so, yarn event. Yeah, that was <laughs> when he was on 
Yana. So that is a okay. Now let's move on to the next. Just before Ash joins us, have you yep. got a fix that you want to throw up? Otherwise, I can get back into one. Well, this is just a, a tiny one, and it's possibly just for Melbourne listeners. Please. But uh, Peter Hitchener, I'm a huge fan of yeah, National yeah. Nine uh, New, or Channel Nine News, yep. Melbourne's yep. Uh, Peter Hitchener. Yes. And if you follow him on um, Instagram or on Twitter or Facebook, he's on all of them. Mm. He's constantly putting up shots of his three cats: Autumn, Mascara, and the baby. That's excellent. That's the baby. That's solid. Not baby. That's solid naming. Well the played. The baby. Yeah, the baby. And I have been trying for several years um, via Chrissy Salmon Brownie to get him to bring the three cats onto the Nine News desk <laughs> just for the last segment of the week on Friday. Like, he's worried that having three cats roaming the news desk will affect his credibility. As if. As a journalist. But I'm going, no, no, just for the last bit, after the weather on yes. Friday, you know, yes. when Lavinia's... When they're doing that back and forth, and maybe they have a wacky story. Yes, an orangutan turned forty. Uh, uh, a, a dog got his head in the box. You cut, cut all that and go live to the desk. Because let's not forget, Tone. What is the most popular Peter Hitchener clip on the internet? Oh, it's the one with the uh, pigeon. No, the seagull. Is a pigeon a or a seagull? seagull? Yeah, a giant seagull looks like it's going to attack him, and because it's so, it's up close next to the weather camera uh, atop a large building. That went global. Why would he not? Get the three pussy cats, chuck them on the desk, yeah. and see what happens. I'm not saying that he has to have a scratching post or any props there, <laughs> or even refer to them. Oh, don't them refer to the them. Oh, that's excellent. And also because let's, you know, I always, I think I've brought this up to you before. The well, I've been a, seen a fair few theatre productions in my time, especially when I was young and foolish. And I went along one day to see uh, Martin McDonough play at the. Um, he of course did In Bruges the movie, and he's a you know great yes. writer and. I went along to see one a play that a mate of mine of was in of his at Belvoir Street in uh, in Sydney. Anyway, halfway through the show, it was going great, getting laughs. It was you know a bit full on. Everyone's loving it, and then all of a sudden, mate, real live cat ran across the stage, almost oh, on wow. cue. That mm. is like that oh. would be the most memorable night in the theatre. If you that would be like when the chandelier falls in Phantom <laughs> of the Opera, exactly. Or the what is it? The helicopter explodes in Miss Saigon. Oh, Remember now, hang the on, time. hang on. I went and saw Miss Saigon. Why was I there? Helicopter. Helicopter. You know what they did? Helicopter on a screen. Oh I, no! I, I booed. I was an all boo. <laughs> I mean, give us a break. No stars. No stars. Which is so. Anyway, you're right. You should, at the end of the show, people would go, what about the live pussycat? How about live pussycat? And How if about you could pussycat? somehow get the cat to come out for the curtain call. Oh, Lord, they didn't. But they, they should have had it in someone's hands. I once heard a story. Do you know the play Happy Days by Samuel Beckett? Okay, yep. Which yep. is a monologue delivered by an actress buried up to her oh, waist right. in a mound yes. of dirt. Yes, yes, And yes. I heard that in one a performance, a dog wandered in somehow <laughs> via the stage door and was just barking at her. <laughs> Didn't take a piss on her, as you would expect the story to end. Just was barking at her. That is amazing. <laughs> and you can't this. do anything. You're up to your 
Wasted dirt. Someone did a Beckett, as they always do at uni, and we all had to go because we wanted to go to the after parties. And it's the one where someone's in trash cans. I can't remember which one. Yeah, I've done that one. It's called Endgame. I was one of the blokes in, uh, or it's a bloke and a lady in trash cans. You've done that. Oh, that's in your book, isn't it? Yeah. We did three performances a day. Yeah. (laughs) And it was a nearly three-hour production. So that is, we were doing one in the afternoon, six and 11 at night. So it was nine hours a day and longer because you had to be in there for for half an hour before the place. So you were doing 10 hours a day in a trash can? In a trash can and sort of scrunched up because it was a normal sized trash can. And my doctor had given me quinine tablets to stop my legs from cramping so I didn't just stand up at the wrong point of the play. And I remember on the final night, someone showed me a photo of the original production. And of course, not only were the trash cans enormous, yeah. but they were on a rostrum so that when they oh. weren't on stage, the actors could, you know, crawl backstage. Go, and go, go do something else, not sit in the trash can. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, that's a good way to come back to Big Brother. At least one of them should have to be in a trash can <laughs> at all times. Someone should have to be in the can. Get in the that's can, right. you. Um, excellent work. We're about to bring in our our very our second, I wouldn't say illustrious guest, because we've got to fix the news tone, and I reckon I might have done it. And also, we are going to fix Home and Away once and for all. And I'm going to relay a story I don't know if I've ever spoken, done publicly before about the time that I pitched a sh- an idea for you and I to the head of Neighbours and what he said oh, to me. Oh, I haven't heard No, this. I know you haven't. It struck me like a bolt of lightning last night. And uh, I was in, in bed because my son had a, a sniffly nose and, or a yucky nose, as he said. <laughs> and I was up looking after him and I lay back down. And you know when something just enters your brain from nowhere and it's like it must be thought of and it must be thought of now yes i lay back down and i was instantly transported like malkovich style to that moment talking to that bloke and i was like oh my god i've never told tony oh well and we're about to be joined by a neighbor's star which is why i bring it up rory zamiro rory zamiro how do we know that that is so sad (laughs) sad. (laughs) from the from the all-male dance troupe Oh, uh, Rough Trade, was it? He's done it. He's oh two for God. two. Imagine Mastermind if your topic was Ash Williams on Neighbours. I cannot tell you the capital of Singapore, <laughs> but I can tell you the name of the stripper <laughs> troop on Neighbours. Oh, that's a, that is wonderful. A wayward cow has caused chaos in India, running onto a helipad while a chopper hovered overhead. Perhaps in search of greener pastures, the bewildered bovine made a dash right through a paddock before the helicopter was due to land, just seconds before, in fact. Luckily, police officers did manage eventually to get it to move. Yeah, there's Peter Hitchner at his finest. And here is Ash Williams. What's happened? How are you? Well, I didn't know we were going, you know, live to podcast. It's live to podcast. Tony Munns here. Say hello. Hi, Ash. G'day, Tony. How's uh, things going in the romance department? Uh, um, look, mate, my lawyer has advised me to take the fifth on that. What, what is the fifth, man? The fifth is designed to protect <laughs> the innocent. Is, okay. uh, can I ask, is your lawyer a cat? <laughs> Very close. He's a dog. But uh, no. Well, Jay's just made a good point. Jay, as an American, what did you want to tell us just quickly about the Fifth? The Fifth Amendment does not exist in Australia. Yeah. It's part of the American Constitution. <laughs> well, can I take the Fourth? Jay? Yeah, take the Fourth. See what happens there. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the 14th for all week here. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs>
Now, but it's going well, Tone. Oh. It's going real well. Oh. Yeah, that's all I can say. Oh. I've already said too much. Oh. Way too much. Oh. <laughs> I'll just ask you this. Is she aware of Rory Zamiro's work? She's not, actually, which is why it's going so well. <laughs> <laughs> just queue up one of the eps. Like when she goes to watch Netflix next, just have oh, a Rory this? Zamiro scene queued up. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. It's actually, I'll pick one of the good scenes where... Rory says nothing for 10 minutes because he's hurt his back and he's just doing some wonderful limping. Well, that's it. Ash, that was one of your um, finest pieces of work when you mastered back acting, as you call it. Well, it's sometimes you get so into the character that you forget how to back act, so backing, so to speak. So yeah. I, um, I remember I was doing the scene and then the lady came over and said, you're actually limping on the wrong leg. And so... <laughs> Uh, we went back and did it. Had to do it again, or did they just flip-flop the image so that it was reversed? <laughs> I've heard of that being done. Well, you know, what's good for Bounce is good for Rory Zemiro. So I went back and did it again, but they're a professional outfit down there at Grundy's. Now, speaking of formats, let's get back on solid ground as we play Format Fix. Ash, you've got something you'd like to bat up to fix, my man. Let's go with MasterChef, okay? Yes. It's not a hard fix, Yep. but whenever I watch it, I'm like, that looks yummy, mm-hmm. and you want to taste it. Mm-hmm. So why don't they, you know, you sign up, you're a MasterChef fan, you can sign up for the, you know, gold service and you get the food delivered to your door that night. Oh so my you can God. taste what they're bloody eating. Like it, like it's, a, it's a deal with Uber Eats. So while yeah. you're what, I'm clapping that in. That's actually a brilliant idea, Tony. That's actually very good, isn't it? Well, it's a no-brainer. I mean, these executives who Whoa. do nothing oh, with God. their lives. Oh, God. Yep. Is there anything between your ears? Whoa. Whoa. That's gone. That's gone somewhere. But look, back to the uh, all bitterness aside, that is a genuinely fantastic idea, Ash Williams. Up on the board. That goes on the board. Yep. That'll yep. be in the lawsuit when they do it. My goodness, no, I just, it, it, Sorry. I do want to take back what I said about the executives. Yeah. What's They're happened? They're great. Yeah. What's um, happened? Has something no, no, happened? Nothing. Are we sure? No, no. Well, lots happened. But again, I've got to take the fourth. But I just... Um, <laughs> Yeah, because he, he's just trying to stay in the good books because he wants that series Magic Rory to get up. <laughs> what about a podcast where it's the Rough Trade podcast, where it's Rory Zemiro on tour with the other men, members of Rough Trade just talking about life on the road? <laughs> I love that. Who were the other members Yeah, of who Rough else was Trade? in Rough Trade? Because you did a lot of backstory work. We should say that Ash played a male stripper. Former yes. male stripper on uh, on neighbours called Rory Zamiro, and he caused a lot of trouble around Erinsborough. But what was the uh, who else was in Rough Trade? Your backstory? Uh, well, there was a guy called Matt Wilson. Uh, his character's name was I should remember. He was my boyfriend for three years. Um, <laughs> but you know the Die Hard fan. We had this crazed fan who was played by Joel Creasy. Yes, and really. He was obsessed with Rough Trade. Yes, and. We there was just some implied rooting, I think you would say, with myself and Joel Creasy in yep. a backpack of toilets, yep. which went to air on Channel Ten. Implied? What do you mean implied? Like, um, well, I'll send you the clip. Time we'll get it on Twitter. Yeah, it's um, Creasy goes into the toilet. Yep. I look over my shoulder and I follow him into the toilet. Mm, that's wow. Yeah, where I come from, that's implied. <laughs> And then does the camera just pull out very slowly from the toilet door? <laughs> to a train going into a, a tunnel. 
for a full minute and a half. <laughs> There's some sound effects. Well, there you have it. Uh, well, an amazing fix there, uh, Ash. You have another fix. I know you've, you've texted me a lot today, which I'm excited about. Another format to fix. Well, this is just movies in general, so I'm glad you're here, Tone. Yep. You know, I think uh, it's a fast-paced world we live in. Uh, a lot of people haven't got 90 minutes or two hours or three hours for a Judd Apatow film. <laughs> or, or I'll tell you one. We watched on the weekend It Chapter 2. Oh. It's like chapters 2 through 7. <laughs> it's still going. Just kill that fucking clown I know someone. and we can all get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the oh, thing. That's great. I think, you know, there are films out there where you can just cut out everyone else's scenes and just focus on one actor or actress, mm-hmm. right? So the example is American Gangster. Yes. Right. Fast forward every other scene with Russell Crowe, just keep Denzel. You watch it in 35 minutes and you miss nothing. So this may be on, I don't know, Blu-ray or obviously they can do that on Netflix like they do with that Kimmy Schmidt film mm. where you have, uh, is it called Seamless Branching? Yes. Where you can choose which character you want to follow. Yes. This is good. So you're watching The Godfather? I'll just click on Fredo and that'll be, the film will be over in seven minutes. And I'll be in and out real quick. That's a fascinating idea. That's a really, I think that's a great, a great fix. And yeah, I was just thinking about big ensemble films. Well, I mean, it might have saved Star Wars Episode One if you could just have eradicated Jar Jar Binks. I mean, that could have, <laughs> that could have changed the whole trajectory of that you know, that trilogy. That's an excellent one. I want to do a quick round of Can't Do That Anymore. So last time we did one from Hangover Part 2 that we decided some Thailand ladyboy stuff that we decided was, well, we were all laughing at this funny, but it, it's not should they do it anymore. It's would they. Would people go and say to them and say to executives, I'd like to make a film. This is in it. Let's see how we go. Now, that was from 2011. Tone and the, uh, the idea was to try and find something as close as we can to today that would cause people to get all, all upset on the internet, etc., etc. And so I throw up for discussion today, Inbetweeners 2, the Inbetweeners movie 2 from 2014, uh, the English television series where the second one is where they all come to Australia. And at the end of the film, they've run out of fuel in the middle of the outback and it looks like they're going to die. And the sort of dumbest of them, Neil, has got some ideas on how they can uh, survive. But first, they're just talking as they do about each other and each other's mothers. Actually, Neil, in the desert without water, we'll die in a day. I think we're going to be fine. How, Simon? Tell me how we're going to be fine. People will be looking for us. Who? Who even knows we're missing or cares? Your dad? Jay's uncle? Your mum would if she wasn't too busy getting fucked by a stranger. (laughs) Oh, it's nasty, but it's probably true. We could drink our piss. What? No, honestly, it's all right. I'll do it occasionally. I have been my spunk once too. You're grim, mate. Basically, I need a piss and it seems a shame to waste it. Okay. Which part? So the <laughs> particularly Neil, I drank my own piss every now and again, tasted my own spunk once, and I'm, he's suggesting that he wheeze into the mouth of one of his friends in order to save them. Right. Now, don't tell me that they do a sort of hard cut to that happening. It happens. He attempts it a little bit later on, but he's too oh. dehydrated. Well, I mean, I just uh, finished Series 5 of Better Call Saul, and there's one episode, I don't want to spoil it, but there's one episode with a large amount of piss drinking, <laughs> but it's in an emergency scenario. So that's a prestige drama and a very good one. All right, so you know what we need now? We need the rankings of, we, we need all of the categories 
films and television where piss drinking date takes place. If people could oh, go on. Uh, problem child two. Two. Are you sure it's two? It is two. Junior um, pisses in the lemonade. Right. And um, and that old guy is thirsty after working on the car and he comes over and um, and he drinks the lemonade. It's a wonderful scene. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> It depends how desperate the scenario is. Like, you, if you're watching a serious documentary about Rana Fines, yeah. uh, you know, visiting Antarctica, and he's forced to drink his own piss, it, and that's real life. So you can have as much reference to piss drinking <laughs> as you want. Absolutely. <laughs> it's when it moves into the... I believe once the, the crossover is when it moves out of medical and goes into, uh, you know... Uh, entertainment. So, Jay, you've got a list. Has he? IMDb. Where did he get that? Well, <laughs> IMDb actually has most popular drinking ones, urine movies, and TV shows. <laughs> there are number one, The Sound of Music. There are fifteen <laughs> titles. Number one, Schindler's List. Number two, oh. Castaway. Number three, yeah. Waterworld. Number <laughs> four, One Hundred and Twenty Seven Hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you sure that's the same Waterworld? <laughs> Kevin Costner's Waterworld. So it Kevin is that Costner's one. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you've got five tw- Tremors, five Bloodlines, uh-huh. six Trapped, seven a film called Mine. That piss is mine. Yeah. So, and the description is: after a failed assassination attempt, a United States Marine finds himself stranded in the desert, exposed to the elements. Every he must day. survive the dangers day. of the desert and yeah. battle the psychological yeah. and physical tolls of the treacherous conditions. Yeah, that's every day of the week. Film called Tum. Tunnel, number nine, maybe something for Ross Noble to add to his zombie film list, which is MILFs versus Zombies from 2015. <laughs> uh, number 10 is La Cueva, which is a horror film. Uh, number 11, Detour. Number 12, Dead Fall. Number 13, Nero. Uh, number 14 is a German film. There we go. And number 15, the TV show Fear the Walking Dead. Go right. We haven't even scratched the surface. I didn't even know it was so prevalent. So let's get a ruling. Can they slash would they? In between is in this in the at the moment where everything's being cancelled. In between is is sort of around the periphery of it. People are sort of semi trying to have a swing and then they back off a little bit or they just don't care. Could they slash would they get that one through twenty twenty? Ash Williams. Yeah, easy. It's an easy. Okay. I reckon they would because no, you know, no one's being marginalised or demonised. I mean, piss drinkers is not a a sort of subsection of society who are being, you know, persecuted. That's it's just bad taste. Yeah, you're I mean, right. Bad taste goes on. Yeah, bad taste does go on. All right, then I'm going to wrap it up with this because this is the best joke in the film. And I'm also just a quick ruling on can they slash would they still do this anymore? This is Jay, the sort of most offensive one. They're at the Byron Bay Treehouse Backpacker Hostel. Ash, as you know, that's like number one for people trying to be hippies and trying to look spiritual. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Instagrammers, yeah. Instagrammers, well played, mate. And they are walking to the campfire where the sort of most handsome fake hippie one has a guitar and they're all listening to him. Take it away, in between us. The vibe at the hostel was incredible and it was clear we weren't at home anymore. Things were different and it was nice to see that Simon, Neil and especially Jay were embracing this new environment. Oh, no, why is there always some cunt with a guitar? If anyone starts playing the bongos, I'm leaving. (laughs) Well, the granddaddy of that is, of course, you know, John Belushi smashing that guitar yes, in Animal yes, House. Yes, yes, you're right. Of course, that's where that, that all that's where that genre began. 
quick ruling. Can they slash would they do that one anymore? Yes. Yes. I think they might. And I think they should. It is a great <laughs> joke. It is a great, great joke. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, quickly reached the end of another EKP slash format fixes. Any other quick f- formats that need to get fixed before we wander off, gentlemen? Um, I'm thinking that, uh, a show I never watch because I know it'll just make me furious is Q and A on oh, the yeah, ABC, and uh, you know it's just an angry battle yeah. on Twitter at about you know ten o'clock every Monday, and I'm thinking, uh, what about to soften the blow? Uh, hey, hey, it's Q and A. <laughs> this is Daryl's chance to come back. <laughs> Serious issues interrupted by puppets. <laughs> It's great. Uh, you know, sound effects coming in, whip cracks. Some... Why are people so unkind? Someone... You know, just coming in I... after Barnaby Joyce says something. That's... Hey, hey, it's Q&A. I... Copyright that green one. Green lit, my friend. Coming coming soon to 10 Peach. That is green lit. All right. Let's... Mr. McDonald, Mr. McDonald. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, nurse. <laughs> Things get ribald. It is a wonderful idea. Uh, now, quick plugs. Hit me. Oh, Sizzletown. Loving it. Uh, there was a new episode about a month ago. That's it. Ash? <laughs> um, hey, Ash Williams Show. New episode every week. Uh, get in there. I'm calling Paul this week. Uh, if you don't know Paul, he's a love interest of mine. Um, not Rory Zemiro's. No. Just, just quickly tell Tony the deal between you and Paul. If, if this happens, then this happens. Paul wants me to meet him in a hotel. Right. Um, we can't meet at his place because he lives with his mum. You're probably wondering his dimensions. He's five foot two, 43 kilos. Wasn't really wondering about the dimensions, but fair enough. <laughs> More wondering about what's going to go on in the hotel room and is it legal under lockdown? Well, this is the thing. Uh, it is legal at the moment. So he's really breathing down my neck on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's just the start of it, <laughs> breathing down your neck. So, look, uh, I've been saying for a long time, if I get 200 Patreons, I'll go to the hotel. But I'm wondering whether I just go anyway. I mean, it's good content. I want to rig up the hotel with cameras, etc. Yeah. And, uh, right. and just see what happens. Yeah, look, I, I, I re- look, there are lawyers falling off chairs everywhere, but I reckon <laughs> that'd be sweet. I reckon we'll be right. Well, I reckon do it. Uh, that is EKP. We're solving formats. If you've got a format you want us to solve, reach out to us on the various socials. Uh, and until next time, Ash? Uh, ScoMo, we need more money for JobSeeker. Yeah. We need more. Yeah, fair, yeah. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. He always says that on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend's taking a real chunk out of the Seeker. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Stay safe. Rory. Oh, hey. Wouldn't believe it when you text me. What are you doing here? I booked tickets to see you guys at the casino, and then the show's been cancelled. Yeah, well, Aaron saw you. Okay. He knows you're here. What's a word? Improbable. Wow. Rory's in the air. That was good laughing and clapping with the project. That wasn't the scene. Bye, gentlemen. See you guys.